live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods moving and storage studio. It's the Ramsey Show, where America hangs out to have a conversation about your life and your money. I'm your host, George Campbell, joined this hour by my good friend, Ken Coleman. And we're taking your calls about life, money, work, purpose, career, you name it, at this number, 888-825-5225. Jaron kicks us off in St. Louis. Jaron, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. How can Ken and I help? Well, I've been, do, we've been trying, me and my wife have been trying to do this uh, baby step thing. This is the third time now we're doing it. We've been debt free two other times, but we're having trouble this time with condensing all of our money that we're making all of our excess money and putting it all towards our debts. Because now that we've got some extra cash, we know that we can obviously here and there, nickel and dime, oh, soda here, maybe a soda there. And we can't just keep to the budget at all. So you said you've become debt-free two times, but you keep going back into debt? Yeah. We didn't do it the hard way. We did it the easy way with income taxes on tax returns. That's how I got our debts paid off. And now we're in a bigger debt snowball. How much debt and do you so have? Now we know we have to... Uh, I don't remember total here and there, but I know that, like, auto... We have um, 28000 for one vehicle, eighty six for another vehicle, a personal loan at fifty four, and then another personal loan at probably about 22000 For what? What are these loans for? Well, two vehicles we have, and then um, one personal loan is our AC and our furnace went out over the summer, so we had to get a new one. And then the 22000 personal loan was is for my mom for helping us out when last year when I got laid off from the whole COVID thing. And so she helped us keep our house and everything else. So we just eventually owe her some money that obviously doesn't collect interest. But What's your income, our, household? Um, take home is about 5000 give or take a couple hundred. You both working? Yes. She works part-time and I work full-time. So you guys are making sixty k. Yes. Roughly. And you have $110,000 in car loans? No, 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 no. Two personal tw- loans in addition to the but car you said loan. 28 on one vehicle and 86 on another. You mean 8,600? No, a- a- yeah, 8,600. Oh, you, you scared me to death, Jeremy. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. There's no freaking way I about that was going to happen. I had an aneurysm. Okay, we're good. <laughs> Well, you say no freaking way, like we might be a little nervous. You got, uh, best I could tell, close to 70 grand or not more in personal loans. I would die. Well, well, you've got, you're drowning 37 in car loans, and you got another 76 in personal loans. Yeah. So we're talking, we're talking 110 total in consumer debt, making 60K. And we're not able to stick to a budget. Is that both of you equally? This is not coming down to you wanting to buy a soda. These are big decisions you guys have made. Yeah. Um, yeah. She, she's been, we've been trying to pay off our debts for the past couple of years, but it's just uh, my income was steady. We weren't making any, like, any extra, but now that I doubled my income this year. What's your income? We've got all this extra. My income now... I bring home about four thousand a month instead of the two thousand a month I was bringing home. What do you do? I'm a truck driver. How long have you been doing that for? Uh, 
uh, off and on since 2014, I think it is. But I just got back into the business uh, in November because I can listen to your all show and focus. Are you over the road? No, I'm home every night. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, what's your opportunity I'm for just growth wondering. there? Yeah, being in the business eight years, can you go make more as a truck driver elsewhere? No, not really. Not in my area. Are you sure about that? Because I just, I mean, I just, this off the top of my head, I always see huge bonuses. Companies are desperate for drivers these days. I'll give you an idea what George is talking about. I shared an article on the Ken Coleman Show not too long ago uh, about Walmart hiring in the 110,000 range for drivers. Oh, yeah. They say they're hired for that, but I've applied everywhere. But since I haven't actually driven over the road in the past year, year and a half, they say that I can't drive for them, so they don't want me. So, so what do you need to do in order to be qualified? Drive over the road what I'm doing for about a year and a half. Okay. Well, you need to get busy then. Uh, when you're not driving, you need to be uh, working uh, extra hours, another 30 hours minimal. You've got to bring in some more income right now, and your wife needs to think about full-time job, uh, if not for very long, but just a short season to get some momentum here. What's the car worth, yeah. the one that has 28000 left on it? Uh, Well, we got it for twenty six, and then after tax, sales tax, and everything's twenty eight, but it's worth twenty eight. Okay. How much money do you guys have in the bank? Uh, We have 1000 in our emergency fund, and then, yeah, we have about that. We've, we've done big stuff along, which is $1,000, and then we're just, and we've already paid off our first debt, which was a medical bill, and that's all we've got right now. Okay. I'm wondering if we stack up cash to buy a beater car and we sell this car and we clear twenty eight grand just like that. Okay. Yeah. The only reason I got it was so that I could get out of the house to get to work in case it snows in the middle. You can get out of the house with a beater car. They go the same places as $28,000 cars, turns out. And they're out there. Jared, if you, go to you need Auto a $5,000 car. You sell the 20. What's your car payment on that twenty eight? Uh, four twenty nine a month. Imagine if you had that back in your budget to then put on other debts. How much quickly you'd begin to pay stuff off? You got it. Yes, sir. Sell the car. It's got to go right now. It's a lot of your world tied up in cars. Yep. And so I figured since it was since it was since both payments were almost were about half of my yearly net take home. The payment doesn't matter. They fine. they'll get you on a hundred dollar payment. They don't care. They'll just stretch it out until you die. At 8% interest. They don't give a rip. And uh, I care about the balance because that's what it's going to take to get this payment out of your life. And so that's what you got to do, man. And as far as the budget goes, I'll gift you every dollar premium, which will connect to your bank. It'll make it easier to track all those transactions. There's a paycheck planning tool in there where it'll show you exactly when your bills are due, when you would run out of money. It helps you figure out what I need to move around in order to do this. But Jaron has to be a part of this. And your spouse has to be a part of this going... We are not going to spend money that is not reflected in the budget. And if we go over, that's it. Once the money's out, it's out. And cash envelopes are a great way to do this, Jaron, where you say, all right, 300 bucks for groceries. We're going to get 300 in cash from the ATM and put it in an envelope. Once the $300 is gone, it's out. And we've got to figure something out. But that's part of the reason people are successful with the budget is because they treat it like gospel. This is what we planned. This is what we're going to set out to do. And we did it. You've got to track every dollar. No more random stops. No more eating out. We got to clean up this six-figure mess. 
and it's going to take spending less and making more. And if you do both of those things, you can become debt-free within a few years, my friend. Hang on the line. Austin's going to pick up. We will gift you one year of every dollar premium. Call us back if we can help along the way. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Campbell, joined by Ken Coleman this hour. So many of you are asking this year, building wealth in this economy in 2023, can it be done? We keep hearing that question. We get your confusion. There's so much noise out there right now with inflation and layoffs and interest rates, and you deserve answers. And we are coming to a city near you with the Building Wealth Live Event Tour. Dave Ramsey and all of us Ramsey personalities will be hitting the road this spring to see you live, in person, and at each event, we're going to dig into all of these hot topics and give you a proven plan to build wealth and keep it even in this economy. Tickets are moving fast, so if you've been thinking about joining us, don't miss your chance. We're coming to Indianapolis, February 16th, Austin, Texas on February the 23rd, Salt Lake City on April the 24th, and Anaheim, California on May 2nd. Tickets start at just 49 bucks, or you can get a four-pack of tickets starting at 175 Bring some friends, bring some family. It's going to be a good time. RamseySolutions.com slash events is the place to go to reserve your seats today. What's up, Austin? What's up, Anaheim? Uh, me and Dr. John Deloney will be out on that trip. So, And Rachel Cruz and I are team Indianapolis yeah. and Salt Lake City. So, so let's, in let's case get, you're wondering. Let's get more support in those two cities so that we can trash talk George It's not and a Rachel. competition, Ken. Well, but we'll smoke you in a heartbeat. It, it, <laughs> I like it. No, I'll miss Don't you on the road. Don't say that those millennials are snowflakes. They got some fight in them. That's right, we do. Way to go, George. Well, I'll miss you on the road, Ken. Yeah. We, we always yeah, have a good time. Yeah, we do have a good time. Do have a good time. But th those events, by the way, great, great energy. Great crowds. And yeah. you and Dr. John do a fantastic pre-show. That's kind of a secret bonus, but it's become a highlight yeah, for many of the Come early and you get a bunch of free content and uh, lots of tears, lots of high fives, lots of laughs. I love it. Yeah. RamseySolutions.com slash events is the place to go. Who's up next, George? Let's go to, uh, let's go to Frank. All He's right. been waiting in Phoenix patiently. Frank, welcome to the show. Frank, are you, Frank are you there? Oh, hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Sorry about my phone. I'm doing a Dave Ramsey's uh, thing of driving a beater car, applying it to a smartphone, so it's not very Oh, you got, oh so you, got smartphone. A, you got a beater smartphone. What I got. It's what I got. You yes. sound, you sound anyway, fantastic. I'm, well, thank you. I'm, I'm in a quandary, and I want your advice on this. I've, I'm 58 years old, never financed anything in my life. Um, I've got a pretty good job here, and the car that I had eight months ago started breaking down. I mean, every week was another $1,000. Getting to the point, uh, my dependability at work was in question. So I ended up going to a dealership and getting into the most horrible deal. I had no idea. What I understood is that I was buying a $15,000 car at 24% interest, 
for 19-8. I agreed to that. They said I can make payments early to pay off the principal, and I just work like like a gazelle, right, and pay it off. Well, that's not the case. It turns out I called the finance company about a couple, three days after taking possession of the car, and it said, no, Mr. Reynolds, I said, Frank, you, uh, you owe $30,000, not $19,000. And I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't agree to this. Well, here's where we're at. So for seven months, I've been making payments every month, never been late. The, the total hasn't come down at all. And I'm going nowhere and killing myself on this. The warranty expired. You know, the dealer's uh, seven-year, 100000 that's gone because of the year. Now, my father has offered to loan me $20,000 for the buyout price of nineteen eight or whatever it is. And he's probably going to charge me 6% simple interest. And... Well, that would mean that I'm going to end up paying twenty-seven. Oh, and when I blue booked the car, it came up to ten thousand dollars, not the fifteen that they claim. So I would end up paying twenty-seven thousand on a ten thousand dollar car without a warranty. Now, what I'm thinking is offering them thirteen thousand, tell them to apply the seven I've already spent, and see if they'll take it. If not, give them the car back. I don't know if any of it works like that, Frank. <laughs> what in tarnation? Well, I, Did you make a deal with the devil? What dealership was this? I might call about myself. They are the spawn of Satan. They really are. That this is, the, you know, the thing is. A week later, when I talked to him, the guy even told me he knew I didn't know what I was doing. And I'm like, dude, you got raked over the right. coals. How how do you even get a car loan for twenty four percent interest? Well, I I've how never, is that legal? I, I've never borrowed. Well, there you, that's, you know, I had a roommate that was an attorney once, and there's three parts to a contract, and one is what a reasonable person would expect from a deal and the meeting of the mind. We've got neither one of them. Oh, boy. But here's what I'm looking at. What's your income, Frank? How do we get out of this mess? I signed it. I signed it. You know, it's not a bad car. Don't get me wrong. Well, uh, Frank, okay. Frank, let's start. We got to start breaking this thing down. Okay. Uh, sure. what, what is your income, George asked you? Uh, it, it depends. Uh, and I'm hourly and depending. Like this year, we've been rained out a lot. Look at about 55. What do you do? Oh, this must be the day of the trucker, because I, too, am a local trucker. Okay. okay. All right. Local trucker, hourly wage, and you're making about 55000 a year. That's right. Do you have any other debt? Uh, there's, depending on what the IRS, I may owe them about 4000 but that may be absorbed through this last tax season. I've got to look how that So you may out. owe some IRS back taxes? Well, yeah, well, it's been from 2019, but they only claimed one dependent this year myself, so I should have a refund that will go to that debt. Okay. So that might be wiped out. Other than that, you have no debt. No credit card debt, no personal no. loans out there, no. just this car. I have a credit card, but that's only for emergencies. Cut it out, Frank. A zero balance on it. There is no emergency where your money isn't good. And so the My goal is for you to cover it. to get me to work. Because you know what's going to happen? You're going to get charged 24% interest from the credit card company as soon as you don't play their game perfectly. Oh, I don't use their... I, it, honestly, 
I'm 57. I've never used credit in my life. Then cut it out. I, I don't use that card. You need, you haven't needed no, it for no, 58 years. You don't need it now. All right, we got to get rid of All this right. car. Yeah, so no, what no is worries. the car worth? I want out of this Have car. Have you done good homework on what the car is actually worth today? Uh, 10, 10 five. And you owe what? There were so many numbers flying around. What What do what you owe? I, what is your I, actual loan currently? 19, 19, uh, eight or 19.6 would be the buyout. Okay. So... This car you are underwater on by a degree of about nine thousand dollars. Right. Right? That's right. Okay. How much money do you have in the bank? Uh maybe the thousand dollar emergency after the first uh with those round of rent, utilities and all that. Are you single? Payment. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Where is all of your money going? You make fifty five K. You've got the $1,000 emergency fund. Where's your monthly income going outside of the car payment? Oh, honestly, I am, I, I am a zealous listener of your program. Uh, in fact, just uh, read the book, uh, Total Money Makeover. A lot of it went to repairs in the previous car. You add in rent of, well, it's twelve fifty a month. Frank, do you think you could go oh, to a credit great. union today and get a $9,000 loan? I don't think so i've never applied for a loan okay Uh, here's the way out of this frank i'm not going to go into debt with dad at six percent and move this money around here's the best plan you need to save up and get a beater car you need to borrow one from a friend if you've got a local church community see how cheaply you can get a reliable car and save up that amount i have i own a car outright okay you have another car paid uh, what's that car doing where is that car whole reason I got into this is because Frank, every where's the other car? Let me explain. We don't have, we have 30 seconds. We got a commercial we got to get to. I got you. Use the other car. Sell the car today. It's not dependable. It doesn't matter. Well, sell that one and get something that is dependable. But going 30 grand into debt at 24% interest is not the path out of this thing. So you need to go to the credit union, get the difference you need to pay that loan off, to sell the car, and drive that beater until you're out of this mess. Woo! That was an entertaining doozy, Ken. Love talking to Frank, but man, I need a, I need a break. I'll get you some Tums. This is The Ramsey Show. Open phones at 888-825-5225. You know, Ken, uh, usually I come with the videos yeah. to react to, but apparently you've got one for me. I have not seen this. I don't know anything yeah. about it. Yeah, I'm I've, got a, uh, I've got a video off the talk. Uh, I shortened TikTok to say talk. That somehow made it worse. It, well, it irritates my teenagers as well. So I bring that to you because I know you're equally irritated. But yeah, I Anything this. you need to tell me about this video? No. Uh, well, this is, a, this is a video that went viral. And this is um, this is a warning video, and um, I got I shared this on the Ken Coleman show earlier today, and this this could be relevant for a lot of our listeners and viewers. So let's play it, then we'll comment on. It. 
a day in my life getting laid off at Google. So I woke up to this really ominous text from my boss and I honestly had no idea what it was gonna be about. So I called her the minute I woke up and saw this and she told me to check the news and my email. So I rushed downstairs to find out that I had lost access to basically everything. I couldn't log into my email or even check my calendar. I called my boss back and we just sobbed over the phone because she was also finding out about my layoff for the first time today too. I started getting calls from a bunch of my coworkers and started finding out who else was let go on my team and some neighbors teams as well. But I think the worst part is that it seems like no one was consulted on this decision and everyone was just finding out about the layoffs at the same time. It just felt like a really bad game of Russian roulette and there was no consistency around who was let go. It was also not performance based, so it just felt really random. Okay, so wow. there you go. Now, in the news, it came out on Friday of last week, George, Google laid off about 12,000 employees, which is about 6% of their global workforce. This is across product areas, functions, different product areas, functions, levels, and regions. According to CEO Sundar Pakai, if you say it that way, I think it is. I think I'm hooked on phonics. Uh, that this is a result of Google hiring too quickly and couldn't keep all its staff on the current economic reality. But here's why I showed that video on the Ken Coleman Show and why we show it here, George. Anytime that you hear talk of recession, and we're seeing uh, larger companies laying off people, more announced, uh, more expected to be announced this week, a lot of tech companies laying people off, and this is happening more and more. This is a young lady who finds out about the layoffs when she sees the news and she wakes up. She calls her direct leader, who says, well, let's get online and figure this out together. I don't know if, if you've been laid off or not. Yikes. She goes downstairs to get on her laptop and is subsequently locked out. She finds out, I've been locked out overnight. And so her, her direct leader did not even know that this young lady had been laid off. Now, how does that hit you? Well, from what I read, I saw a piece that was saying, hey, Folks didn't know if they didn't check their email the night before they showed up to work and there was just a line of people checking their fobs. And that's how you figure that's out. That's how you found if you out. you can get in the door, you're still employed. Yeah. Now, that's a now, terrible way to go about now, this. Now, folks, the reason we share this is if you are at a company, I don't care how large or small, and you don't have a sense that the leadership values you as an individual, not a unit of production, then you need to start paying attention. Because leaders like this, and this is Google, and they think they're too big for it to really have a negative impact on them. But I'm going to tell you something. They aren't too big to fall. And this has been a wave of just social media testimonies about them doing this. Uh, I've got a uh, Business Insider article right here in my hands. And uh, one engineer uh, shares a story of being at Google for 20 years an engineer for 20 years, and he was laid off via email. No face-to-face -face conversation. Here's a couple more. Um, this, is, this is the worst. Uh, another guy um, says that he went in at 4 a.m. This is Dan Russell, research scientist, said on LinkedIn, I found out when I went to work at 4 a.m. to finish up an important analysis, and my badge didn't work. The guy's going at 4 a.m. to work. And his badge doesn't work. 17 and a half years at Google gone. Elizabeth Hart, a senior marketing manager on Google's global ads team, uh, said she woke up early Friday morning and saw a notification that her corporate access had expired, along with an email with the New York Times link to the article about Google laying people off. Oh, man. So Google is big enough, savvy enough to know that they're going to have to lay people off. There's no excuse 
for not having a real person sit down with them eyeball to eyeball, knee to knee, and explain what's going on and have some sense of compassion. But let me tell you what it is, George. It's about a checklist. we got to lay off 12% of our uh, 12,000 people, 6% of our workforce. We don't have time to do it this way. This is how we're going to do it. And you know what? We're Google. We'll just get another batch of young people coming out of college. And and I'm going to tell you something. This is eventually going to catch up to companies. Well, you lose the guy who had 20 years experience and you hire the guy who's just jumping into this thing. Well, you make a very good point. Not only do you lose him, you treat him so harshly that he leaves with a bunch of institutional knowledge that you don't even know what he's what he knows and what he's taking with him. It's bad business. Yeah. Forget bad human behavior. It's bad business behavior. That's so all that to say... Well, in these publicly traded companies, Ken, a lot of them are just beholden to the shareholders. That's it's 100%. all about the stock price. 100%. Whatever they got to do to make the shareholders happy, That's and therefore people become a unit of production, yeah. which is sad. So you want to know why there's an anti-work movement? Why is that? This kind of nonsense. You treat people like they aren't humans you treat them like they are just a number on your spreadsheet they start to believe that you know why quiet quitting is a phenomenon because of crap like this leaders not valuing people and when you would just keep treating people like units of production you don't care for them you don't treat them like they've got a heart uh like they've like they've got emotions then uh you're gonna have a revolt and this just continues to happen. So we're going to shine the light on here at Ramsey Solutions because um, we care about people here. We care about our team. We care about you. And you can work in a place that values you. You better get to one of those places because I'm telling you, if you're not in a place that values people, even if they have to lay you off, okay, uh, in a place where they care about you, they'll treat you well. Mm. That's true. And thankfully... Ramsey has never had to lay anyone off yeah. in the history of this place, which is pretty amazing. And it speaks to how much they value people. So just bad behavior. So can a lot of people I see on their LinkedIn, it says, you know, hashtag open to work. What do people do in a case where they were just laid off or they could potentially yeah. be laid off any minute? What would you suggest they do on the career side? Okay. Well, first thing is this is a, this is a really rough rejection. So you need to grieve this. You need to understand that while it may not be personal, it feels personal. So let's let's go get it out of our system. Friends, family members, if you got to cry some, fine. You know, the point is let's own it that it sucks, that it hurts. And then after we've gotten that out of our system that it feels that way, we got to then step back into reality that it does not hurt your future. A lot of people have been laid off, people get laid off all the time. And there are still a lot of opportunities. And so you get back up on the horse and the way you do that is I'm going to make connections, connections, connections. I hope that you have connections laid out way in advance. You know, when you get on an airplane and the flight attendants come in and they tell you, in case of a water landing, here are your exits, you need to do the same thing if you work for a large company. If you work for a company that may be struggling financially, you don't know what could happen. So what would an exit strategy look like if a storm came? You know, I can see you in your new home. I bet you have a storm shelter. And so you got I your flashlight, cool. you got your batteries, you got your water. I'm going prepared. to John Deloney's house if something goes down. That's not a good idea because he's just going to put you with the chickens. That's true. But the idea is, okay, who are people that I know in my industry that are really well connected? Um, what is a part-time or an Uber-type job that I could take on or two part-time yeah, jobs? You might have to swallow your pride and go, what do I need to That's do right. right now to bring an income? Well, this gets back to, George, you and what Dave and Rachel teach about the budget. If I know my four walls budget, 
then what are some jobs that I know that I could probably go get pretty quickly that take care of my four walls? That's what I mean by having an exit strategy. That's temporary until maybe I can then get back into the industry that I want to be in. That's the idea. It doesn't have to be a crisis. We want it to be a nuisance. Mm. Big difference. I like that. And so the emergency fund. Yeah, being debt-free and yeah. having money in the bank, it changes a layoff drastically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because now it's annoying and frustrating, but it's not devastating. So, man, uh, really pulling for all those folks that are getting laid off around the nation. And it's a wild time. We are hoping the best for you that you can jump into a new career, and Ken's advice is spot on. This is not the end. This does not define you. It will refine you if you let it. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Campbell, joined this hour by Ken Coleman. Hey, if you like this show, there's only one thing I would ask of you. Again, the show is free, and what I'm asking you to do is free. Consider subscribing, leaving a review wherever you're listening, and sharing this show with a friend. We want to spread the impact and uh, affect more people this year with our money message, our career message, mental health relationships. There's so many problems out there in the world, and we want to help solve them. And this show is a part of that. And the way you do that is you share it with friends who need to hear it. And word of mouth goes a long way. Yeah, Appreciate you doing that. Yeah, thank you. And by the way, who doesn't like this show? I'm, I'm I don't unaware. know why they're listening. I'm unaware of this. It's strange to huh. waste your time listening to a show you don't like. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Speaking of things you like or don't like, what do you think about my sweater today, George? Uh, I'm a fan. I like a, the chunky Donegal look, Ken. Now I regret asking you. I don't know what any of that means. Well, we'll get you there. All right. Just Google it. Okay. Let's go to Shannon up next in Austin, Texas. Shannon, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks so much for taking my call. Absolutely. Okay, so I have career-changing uh, questions. Um, about three years ago, right before COVID, I retired from over 30 years in education. I've been a teacher, a principal, even a director um, at, like, the central office level. Awesome. And I left that job because it just wasn't a good situation. Mm -hmm. But I left it for another job. I was able to retire, so I had my retirement, my pension income. And I left to be a director at a day school which because of COVID ended up closing in mm -hmm. early 21. So since then, I have just kind of been working a couple of part-time jobs. Um, plus I have, I have about 5,400 a month coming in from my pension. Um, but I feel like I need to be doing something else. I'm, um, when I retired, I was only 54. I'm 57. I'll be 58 this year. Um, so I've had time since like 21, about a year and a half to just kind of mm -hmm. be in this kind of flux state. Um, but I'm not really sure what I want to do next. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I, you know, the easy thing is yes, go back to education. Um, but I really, I'm not really sure what I want to do next. All right. So let me ask you, when, when you really loved it, when, when teaching was good, what mm -hmm. did you love most about it? 
making a connection with the kids and then as a principal making a connection with the staff and the teachers and just being able to positively bring about change nice and what kind of change so i understand the connection part you would do that through communication and instruction Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. the change that most excited you describe that just a little bit more um just being able to help somebody get from a place where they weren't able to read or to understand something and then they were able to do that or to help a teacher you know uh, develop their skill set so they were even a better teacher or bringing staff together so that they were developing their own leadership and you know okay. that kind of thing all right that's beautiful so this is my, this is what i heard okay the change that most motivates you that gives you the juice as i like to say is where you take someone from where they are to where they want to be whether it's a kid struggling okay. with math whether right. yeah, I mean that's your jam. Am I right? Okay. Yes. All right. So I think that you do that through instruction or you okay. do that through leadership. And I'm talking functionally. Okay. Right. So when we look at potential jobs and positions, for you it comes down to you've got to be in the role of instructor, leader. Um, advisor, and these aren't job titles. I'm just talking about a role because right, if you're right. spending you're most doing. of you, if you're spending most of your day doing that, that's a good day for you. True or false? Yes, very true. Yeah, so that's what you're looking for, but it does not have yes. to be in a traditional educational environment. I mean, if you right. look at the world so, at work right now, you're wildly right. qualified to be a trainer. Well, but I guess. Yes, and I just, I don't know how to make that leap, and I also sure you have do. kind of like a little confidence problem. That's what's so, going on. That's what's going on. It's um, not that you don't know yeah. how to make the leap. It's that you doubt that anyone's going to give you a chance in a different field because that's all you've ever done is education. Right. I know. So, how do we overcome <laughs> that doubt? We got to start having conversations. We got to make connections okay. to people who see you as a very experienced educator, a a woman who okay. has thirty years of pouring into the lives of others, and on the other side of that, delivering influential, positive change. That's your mo. And so, okay. when you start believing that about yourself, you're going to be more confident to have those conversations. But I, I'm going to give you a copy of my book. Uh, the first book I wrote here at Ramsey Solutions was called The Proximity Principle, which says okay. in order to do what Shannon wants to do, she's got to be around people that are doing it and in places where it is happening. Very simple idea, correct? Okay, yes. So there's five people in five places in the book that will kind of help you begin to visualize and then make direct connections with these people in Austin or around the country if you're open to moving outside okay. of Austin. If you're not... There's certainly a lot of opportunities in Austin, Texas, for a woman like you who's got heart and who's got crazy skill and a whole lot of experience. Am I right, Shannon? Probably, yes. Oh, come Shannon. on. I just gave that big pep talk and I get a probably. I know, I know. Shannon. Yes, there is. There yeah. are things that I could be doing rather than making $13 an hour at two. Exactly. <laughs> so here's the deal. You need to start looking at job opportunities today 
that are around okay. training opportunities, instructional okay. opportunities. I'll give you an example. We hired someone here recently in instructional design uh, for our Ramsey Education Department, a lifelong teacher on the collegiate level or maybe high school level, but the ability to to connect with students as we're creating programs. Right. My point is, is if it is training, if it is instruction, if it is advising, if it is guiding, if it is leading, right. you're qualified for all of that, Shannon. Okay. I am. You're I know. Right. I am. I know. There we go. So <laughs> now you know what you're looking for. We're not even looking in the education, but now listen, once we look very practically, no more pep talk. Once okay. we begin to see those jobs, then you step back. You've got my book, The Proximity Principle, we'll give to you. You step back and you go, who do I Thank know you. that knows somebody in this company? Or who do I know that knows somebody in this organization? Or if I don't know anybody that knows somebody, who do I know that knows somebody that knows somebody? Okay. And we begin to start to make connections. You start having conversations. And then people meet this unbelievably qualified lady who's got a lot of horsepower and a lot left okay. to give. And they go, man, we'd love to have you over here. We just need to train you on this particular type of training. But you got all the skills, exactly. all the experience. We're just going to teach right. you the language. You see where I'm going here? Okay. You yes, are full of doubt. You feel like you've got this imposter syndrome because you don't know exactly. what you don't know. <laughs> that's true. That's you know, true. that's your problem, Shannon. You know nothing. So it's big and scary. <laughs> Am I right, Shannon? Right. But if yes, I was your student right. and, I, and I walked in your classroom and I said, Shannon, I don't know anything, what would you say to me? Well, let's start to see what you do know, because you do know some things. Right. And so you do know people in Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. You do know quality companies. You do That's know true. now what to look for, don't you? Yes. So then what would you say I to do. me? I'd say, okay, I do know this, Shannon, and... I know this was Shannon. I know this. What do I do now? What would you say to me? You have to just buck up and do it. You have to just start reaching out to people, making the connections, and having the confidence the to do that. The student becomes the teacher. Look at that. Yes. Sounds like you should do and Shannon, what what's said. amazing is that financially, you're not desperate. Yeah. So you get you're not worried about what the paycheck is. Right now, you're looking for what will give me the most purpose yeah. and allow right. me to contribute in the way I want to. And that opens yeah, up your options. True. I got two words for you, Shannon. These are teacher-level words. I'm trying to impress you right now. Picky, okay. picky, and persnickety. That's your pro Ooh. Those are your words. Okay, there we go. <laughs> All right, fantastic. I Thank you it. for calling, Shannon. We you are got rooting for you, pumped for you. That's awesome. All right, that puts this hour of The Ramsey Show in the books. My thanks to my fabulous co-host, Ken Coleman, and all the guys in the booth. We got Austin, Ben, James, Zach, and Andrew. And you, America, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back before you know it right here on The Ramsey Show. Hey, it's Ken. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.